What's up, podcast listeners? This is Dr. Bailey here for episode five of Advance Your Health. Each and every episode, we try and bring you somebody new, something fresh, and we're going to talk to somebody that's really awesome, somebody I had a chance to grow up with in my hometown. And um, the cool thing is, you know, in life, we go down these paths. We don't know really where we're heading, but uh, sometimes we cross paths with friends and people we grew up with for unexpected reasons, but then years later, you realize why. So today, I've got on the line Dr. Missy Hollis. She grew up in my hometown in Michigan. So what's up, Missy? Hi, guys. Missy and I'm excited to be on number five. Awesome. So how I know Missy, we grew up in the same neighborhood, Plum Grove. Give a quick shout out to, I guess it was Mount Clemens when we grew up and now it's Macomb Township, Michigan. Um, but the cool thing is we grew up a few streets down from each other and we crossed paths in school and things like that. But the really cool thing was in first quarter, I think it was like even the first day, we were sitting in, um, was it Dr. Boylston's class? Something like that. And we're going around the room and it's like this quick intro, who you are, where you're from. And across the room, there's Dr. Missy Hollis. Haven't seen her in years. Grew up two streets away. We're in Atlanta, Georgia, or Marietta, Georgia. Sorry, be technical. Um, 750 miles away from where we grew up. And here she is. So, Missy, I want to talk to you a little bit about chiropractic and how, how you got into it. Because I don't really know your backstory. And it's really cool to kind of find out how people get into chiropractic and also how they become chiropractors. So let's just kind of briefly talk about what was your first chiropractic experience? Sure, so I was undergrad at Oakland University and I was in the athletic training program. And so I was working at a gym. I'll be honest with you, I can't remember if it was the office manager or actually one of the chiropractors that worked out there, but they said, Miss, we need a little help with um, some of our rehab. And so your senior year, you kind of do a little bit of um, outreach stuff, whether it's with teams or hospitals or whatever, um, volunteer hours and things. So I'm like, Hey, I've never done the office thing. So let me start working here. And you know, it's a couple days a week. I think it was Saturdays, whatever it may be. So it was Dr. Baton's office, which, um, I don't know if you know them, but I feel like you had something to do with them too. But, um, and Dr. Shin was there. I don't know who's there anymore, but anyways, I had a blast. I loved going into work. I, truly probably didn't know a lot about chiropractors. If anything, I was the one that thought, um, what is this kooky stuff? But the athletes got better so much faster. I literally couldn't believe it. I remember there was this golfer and I thought to myself, what the hell is going on here? Like, how do you get better in a six week, idealistically rehab program better in like two weeks? And so I just started asking questions and it was, it was my senior year of undergrad. And I was like, all up to go to medical school to be an orthopedic surgeon. That was my plan. And then I'm like, it, this is way better. I like this idea so much better. And the truth is, I remember saying I wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon that didn't do surgery, but how would that person have a job? <laughs> but that's what chiropractic is. That is how to be a doctor to help people and to touch people and to feel what's going on and literally be involved in their care day to day. So I found it and then I started school literally the next week, or I guess it was two months later, I went down not knowing anyone. I I remember the first day of school, I sat down and there was three guys sitting there and I'm like, hi guys. So uh, yeah, you guys are going to be my best friends, whether you like it or not. And they truly were through school, which I think is still pretty amazing. But I love, I love being a chiropractor. I've loved every moment of this, of school. I loved every moment of being a chiropractor, which is now, I mean, I'm going on, holy shit, 20 years. Oh my God. It's nuts. But anyways, I look 23, so it's great. Exactly. You know, it's so crazy that you say the orthos, uh, the orthopedic surgeon um, kind of idea of 
that's what you wanted to do. And and so my my path was similar in that it was I wanted to help fix people. And so orthopedic mm-hmm. surgery as you know, kind of the Western medicine family we were. We had a medicine cabinet in every bathroom. There was always pills, prescriptions, sure. things like that. And so it just made sense if you're going to be a doctor and you wanted to help people, you would go into medicine. And for me, I wanted to yep. fix joints. I wanted to fix people. And I was was kind of mechanistic about things, and that's still the way I practice today. But it's so crazy because Michigan State offered me pre-med for, you know, an academic scholarship. I walked away and went to life paid my way and student loans through Cairo school where, you know, I graduated and you're right. Like 16 years later, I don't regret a single day of it. Like I was telling a patient the other day, I can't even fathom being an orthopedic surgeon, how bored I would be. But the reality is you're not helping people in the same extent as chiropractic, which could you agree? I mean, we improve the vitality of the whole person, not just the single shoulder, knee, elbow joint that you do surgery on. There's a time and place for that stuff. I mean, let's be honest, if you break a bone, sure. don't come to my office. I mean, I don't I don't deal with broken yeah. bones. And if you're oozing blood, go to the hospital. I don't want to even deal with it. I'll get nauseous and, and, and probably faint. And that's another reason. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't, it didn't make sense to me to cut a person open and, and screw something in, whereas chiropractic is use your hands, remove the interference and stress to the body. Something is keeping you from getting well. Like you said, with, with the athletes, it's amazing. I adjusted children today and they get off the table and they're like bouncing around. I mean, it's so crazy how fast the the human body can respond when it's given the right input and you're removing that interference and stress from the healing process, which it's not just chiropractic. I mean, we get into some nutrition and lifestyle stuff in our practice, which I think is super important because you can't just get adjusted, jump off the table and jump into a bubble. I mean, that's not, that's not reality. And so, the cool thing about getting a chiropractic for the both of us is we've kind of gone in different directions. So one of the, and I've got to just give you props. I mean, this is one of the coolest things I, I look up to you for is you've had the ability to take care of and be a part of professional athletes in uh, professional uh, NHL teams, which I want to kind of dive into next because for the average person, they don't realize what professional athletes have to do on a daily basis, weekly basis to recover we watch the game, you know, Saturday night, Friday night, whatever night the, the, the hockey game is, but we don't realize what goes on between those segments. So let's kind of right. dive into that. You've had a, you know, a firsthand experience in some of the NHL. So if you don't, we don't have to get into specific athletes and names for, you know, for that reason. Yeah. But let's talk a little bit about kind of those guys and their mentality. Like what were they utilizing chiropractic for? Yeah. So, I mean, the athletic world is crazy. I mean, there's... Pro athletes, semi-pro athletes, junior kids, college kids. And, you know, the truth is, at the end of the day, I just want to prevent an injury from happening if we have the ability to do it. If there is a rehab program, how can we make it better? How can we make the athlete heal faster? Whatever it may be. You know, as you said about the orthopedic surgeon, that's their path. And and there's definitely a need for them. I mean, I, I work hand-in-hand with a lot of them. And I love it. But I'm I'm glad I didn't choose that path. But for them, I'm glad that they're here to, to like you said, repair those problems when there is a severe um, problem to do it. Guys are more and more every year um, looking at advantages of becoming better athletes per se of using their own body and to do that. Whether you said nutrition, whether it's their training program, whether it's you know now a little bit more, let's not lift as much weights, let's um, be a little bit more agile and put a little bit more movement into the body. I love it. So yes, I have been very, very lucky to work in the professional world and that is 90% of my clientele. 
I have been in anywhere from the locker room to hotels, to my office, to anywhere, anything. And it, it takes a special person because at the end of the day, I put my career first. And um, when the guys say jump, I say how high. So I put a lot into it, but I don't have any regrets. I, I love every moment of it, but it is an easy life. And you're right. They have morning practice and they have, um, you know, sometimes they go in for an afternoon nap, but then they have got a game. So days are very, very long. And so sometimes I get to the rink at 9, 930 in the morning and a lot of guys are already there. And then we're at the rink till, you know, 11, 1130 at night, sometimes later than that. So it just happens, you know, in hockey, they have two, three, four games a week, depending on what the schedule is. It's a hard deal. So I love working with the boys in the summertime um, because we build a foundation. And then I feel that we can go a little less on the treatment scenario throughout the season. We can do more of a maintenance care. But then there's some guys that, you know, need maintenance care throughout the throughout the years. And everyone's different. So, yeah, it's not to drop names or anything, but everyone's body's different. And then because of um, the velocity of how fast they're going, they're wearing skates, they're on ice, they're hitting each other. Injuries happen. And so we have to deal with it as best as possible. But my biggest thing is if we can prevent injury from happening, let's do it. Absolutely. You know, and the cool thing about, you know, injury prevention, so the chiropractic model versus orthopedic surgeon we're on the front end of care, so we're more on the preventative side, like you said, preventing injuries, but it's really about yeah. improving performance. And last podcast, um, I think you know Dr. Bacon, I interviewed his wife, who's like, yes. she's like a superstar triathlete, but we really talked about getting into optimal performance, and that's really, so colleagues of mine, yourself included in that group, take care of a lot of pro athletes, and it's more about what you do before the game and before practice and before sure. instead of waiting until after. So that's the orthopedic model of, yes. so I'm fixing your shoulder after you just neglected the shit out of it. You didn't rehab it. You just didn't listen to your body screaming in pain. And then all of a sudden something tore, ripped, dislocated, whatever. But on chiropractic side, we have such a powerful tool. It really allows the body to improve performance, speed. You talked about agility and flexibility. You know, that translates for the everyday person because, I mean, would you agree, as we see more and more everyday people, don't you notice they're like thoracic and their mid-back and neck are a lot like more rigid and stiff in the last 10 years since the smartphone was invented? <laughs> oh, my God, absolutely. Whether it's computers, whether it's sitting at a desk. I mean, we're less active than we used to be. And I think that, you know, that doesn't obviously be all, deal with everybody, but on a society, huge whole situation. But even in sports, they are taking on the year-round development. So, so those guys aren't getting a break. We aren't doing different body mechanics. So if you normally have a hockey player, they used to play maybe football and a little bit of basketball, maybe a little baseball. So we have rotation in different ways. Now we're always rotating the exact same way. We're hunched over. We're looking forward. So the normal, quote-unquote, patient that walks in that's a weekend athlete, they do have a lot of the same stuff that goes on as my professional guys. And – we have to deal with it. So I say um, a lot of times we talk about preventative maintenance. You know, I was an athletic trainer. I went to the joint when there was a problem. It wasn't until grad school that I realized, wow, we have to look at this whole thing, this whole concept. You know, I used to say a knee is such a dumb joint. The reality is unless it's directly hit, it's coming from the ankle. It's coming from the hip. It's coming from the opposite shoulder. But it wasn't until grad school that I realized that. And it's every day I still have to remind myself like, holy shit, it's not the knee. Let's look at something else. And that's just a small, stupid example. But the reality is we can't just sometimes go to the site of pain. 
we got to figure out where the problem is. And if, if there isn't even a problem, can we fix it? How do we fix it? And I love the pieces of the puzzle. I mean, I don't want my, no offense to the boring patients that are maybe a little heavier that sit around all day and they have that constant, you know, hip pain or whatever. I want something fun. I want, I want, give me some challenge. I literally, when the boys come in, I'm like, give me a challenge today. I want something new, you know? And I love it. I love being stumped and have to lie awake at bed at night and thinking about what's going on with that shoulder. What's going on with that hip, you know? Um, I'll take the challenge. I love it. Absolutely. You know, and, and it's funny you talk about kind of the global assessment that Bob and I uh, mentioned last podcast or a, a few podcasts ago. But the idea is checking everything. And, and we can agree mm-hmm. that, you know, opposing shoulders um, are the balance for the opposite hip. So got a tennis player right now. So we're talking about kind of hockey in that same posture. You know, they're always going to their slap shots always come from the same side. They're strong sides, so that's a lot of hip rotation and counterbalance. But, you know, in your sports like golf and tennis, that kind of translates in the same thing is it's a heavy acceleration, deceleration movement that you want to explode through the movement and then you want to slow it down and it has to there's there's a weight to it that has to come from the opposite uh, hip. So my left shoulder dislocated when I was uh, early on. That's how I got in the chiropractic when I was 16. But I've always had right hip issues ever since. Is it a coincidence? Yep. Probably not. I mean, the reality (laughs) is my body's been dealing with a lack of mobility, strength, and stability. So when we talk about things like athletic performance, whether it's it's Dr. Missy dealing with pro athletes or weekend warriors or all the way down, like you said, to the junior league, I mean, our kids are subjected to so much stress. So school's back this week in our community and everybody's getting ready yep. to get back to football and baseball. I mean, there's, like you said, there's now sports like baseball and football. You can literally play year round. I mean, when does a young body ever get time to recover? So I think the chiropractic component in children, we need to address that. I mean, you know, when kids are developing and their muscles and coordination are strengthening, you need to be in balance. I think the chiropractic adjustment is specific to like more of a whole body check than just, okay, my neck hurts, adjust my neck. Dealing with young athletes. I had a a young guy in today. um, Was he like nine years old? He was having some foot problems. He only had ankle, he had knee, he had hip, and he had opposite shoulder. So these are all things that we addressed on this visit. And he gets off the table. He's like, yeah, it's, it's getting better. I'm like, wait till you wake up tomorrow. Because once your body's out of gravity and right. stress, you know, a nine-year-old body is going to bounce back later. super quick. Yeah. Which would take us yeah, in our 20s, it. like, I don't know, maybe like a week. So. Four days. <laughs> four days. Four days. You know what's crazy? One thing I want to talk about, and this is way off topic, but I'm really interested. So... Um, you released some news today, and I think that's awesome. Yeah. Congratulations to Dr. Missy. Um, she's expecting. Thank but you. Aside from athletic Two. performance, kind of the I, yes, twins. That's like the perfect scenario. <laughs> what What about you moving forward with your pregnancy? And I want to kind of just this is a complete tangent, but since I've got you on the line, you're going through this right now, and you're a chiropractor, real conservative. Like, what are some of your ideas the next nine months? of taking care of you in terms of getting adjusted in nutrition, things like that? Well, I can honestly say, um, I mean, we can go on a little tangent. I, I, I truly love my story. Um, I'm very proud of uh, what I just went through, but I had to do IVF because I am a single woman 
at 41 and wanted children. And um, I think ironically, the crazy thing is, is that I was in an IVF clinic and, you know, most of those women have been trying for years. So they needed some extra medication, uh, whether it's hormones, whether it's, you know, there's a bunch of different ones. So I don't want to go into depth on that. But and it's not that I needed it. I just needed science to kind of help me out. And what I loved about it was I did two rounds of medicated IVF and both failed. And I went to the doctor and I said, listen, I don't even take an aspirin. I just want you to use science to put those embryos in me, but I don't want to take anything. I don't want to take any medication. I don't think my body needs it. I don't think it wants it. And ironically, I got pregnant with twins and I'm so proud of it. And you know, that was my story and that was what my body wanted, but I don't have normal pregnancy symptoms. And I mean, I feel absolutely phenomenal. I, I never slept anyways. And I would say I'm trying to sleep like six to eight hours, but I'm not tired. I'm not really hungry, but I feel phenomenal. I've been adjusted. I went to acupuncture. I did everything holistically that I would tell my patients to do. So I am living it. I went to the chiropractor today to get adjusted. Am I in pain? Absolutely not. Do I feel weird? Nope. But I don't, I'm preventing that from coming. And I don't know what the next nine months is going to look like. I mean, we're now, we got six more left, so we're doing good. But that belly is going to get big and it's probably going to get in the way. And the truth is, I also say to my guys, guys, I'm going to give birth on a Saturday and I'll be back to the rink by Tuesday. I mean, to all the women that are out there, you know, that's not the reality. I'm kind of making fun of it. I'm laughing at it, but those are my hopes and dreams and maybe it works and maybe it doesn't. And, and, but I've also said, I got three months, I got six months if I need it. And I'm just going to go, um, I'm just going to go with the plan and I'm not worried about it. I'm mentally strong and physically strong at this point, but I am doing my workouts. You know, my mom said the other day, Missy, you're not supposed to be lifting all that stuff. Like I forget what it was, but I'm like, mom, I went to the gym to lift 25 pounds, which is nothing. I think I can lift the five pound bag that backpack that I'm putting on. But you know, I understand everyone being careful. You know, it's uh, it was a long road and with those failed IVFs, I also, it's expensive <laughs> and I, and I don't want to, you know, miscarriages happen. And so I've been careful, but I've also been proactive in my health too. Eating right. I don't, I mean, again, very different, but when someone says they crave fast food, I never ate fast food anyways, but I don't know how one craves it. All I want is watermelon and mangoes, you know, a little bit of grilled chicken, not judging anyone for what, you know, they like or eat or whatever, but I just, um, I'm living the chiropractic life. That's awesome, you know, and uh, I've got some uh, some similar experience with my aunt. So my aunt and uncle were trying, and I believe there was more than a single miscarriage. And my I was in grad school, so my aunt's talking to me. We're I'm, I'm like a break or something up in Michigan, and she's kind of just let me know what's going on. And I said, Hey, what what's going on with your spine? Like, do you ever get any like? And I hate to make it about symptoms, but I was like, and I knew her, and she'd sure. never been to a chiropractor. I was like do you ever have any low back pain? She's like, oh my God, all the time. And I said, okay. And I noticed her behaviors, we were at like a, like a family social. And so she's drinking like a lot of caffeine. And I was like, how much caffeine do you drink? She's like, oh my God, so much. So she's Western uh -huh. medicine. She's an OT. And I said, listen, I've got a guy. I want you to go see him. Just give it a shot. I mean, I, I took it from kind of a Western medicine symptom approach, but I knew my ulterior motive was to get her body's performance improving. And I was like, go For see sure. this chiropractor. Not only is your low back going to improve, but where do those same nerves go to? And they're not just sensory nerves. They're motor and function nerves that go to what? The reproductive system. And I just broke down some anatomy for her, and she's like, oh, my God, you're Love so it. right. So she starts getting adjusted. A little back pain goes away. So 
the next pregnancy, she has twins. I and love it. It's so crazy. So good. You mentioned that it was it was about improving her quality of life, not taking more meds, dealing with the stress, getting adjusted, and she went full term. The kids are now like 15, getting a driver's license, like in the next few mm -hmm. months, going on 16. And it's just crazy to watch these kids as they grow and develop. And they were essentially chiropractic kids from day one where mom was getting adjusted and they're so much healthier, so much more potential. But she even told me that like the pregnancy was a lot easier than she thought. And you and I are both in practice. I mean, you said you got like 20 years in. Um, can we agree that like the pregnant women we see getting adjusted in their pregnancy, they don't have a lot of those same complaints, right? Like the whole... I'm, I like, I mean, my patients that I adjust, I tell them get adjusted on a regular basis. We, you know, whether we go by pain per se at that moment, maybe yes, but I don't want to wait for that pain to come. But I mean, some of them are uncomfortable. It is, it is what it is, but I've definitely had people have children without chiropractic and then also have a baby, maybe the second or third with chiropractic. And all of them have said that the chiropractic pregnancy per se was way better. And maybe we don't know, you know, but I, I don't even want to chance. I don't even want to know what it doesn't feel like. You know, this is, this is the life that I've chosen. This is what I tell my patients to do it. And I listen to what I, you know, endorse them. I'd say I do myself too, you know? Exactly. And, and I think that's super cool that you and I kind of live in that lifestyle you know, we don't just tell people what to do. I mean, I got adjusted on Sunday with bacon over the weekend, rode like 65 miles on my bike, woke up Sunday, like legs were heavy, sore, but not like mm. I couldn't get out of bed. And then after I got adjusted, yeah. I feel like everything was reset, got up Monday, seeing patients, sure. had, had a busy day. And it was super just, just relaxing. Like I didn't feel the stress that I normally would like after riding or exercising playing a professional sport, whatever really your, your, your thing is, if you're going to perform hard, you have to look at the recovery side of it. And that's what Dr. Missy and I are talking about is there's an aspect of chiropractic for not only prevention of injuries, but also increasing performance during the game or the activity, but also in recovery, you know, if, if it's been a long weekend, if you had a lot of matches of tennis, golf, whatever you're into, how about Monday, Tuesday, you get checked by your chiropractor? And I don't say adjust it. I say check because I don't adjust everything yeah. just to just to push on bones and make some noises and, and hope you like me because of it. It's it's functionally assessing what the problem is, where you're weak, deficient, where you lack motion. Those are things that I look for in the practice. I know Dr. Missy is very similar because, you know, with an athletic training background, you have the ability to assess kind of performance if the left and the right don't move the same there's a there's a problem it's either the right or the left one's yeah. not moving one's mm -hmm. moving too much and you have to address it yeah exactly and i think okay. when you start to go ahead i was just gonna say that's why i like working with other athletic trainers sometimes at the professional level we would say this guy's getting too much treatment this guy's got not getting enough i haven't seen this guy in a while you know it's longevity too like um i think what the normal population is that um, we can go longer if we get adjusted on a regular basis. I'm not the person that sees you three times a week. I want to see you once a week for a couple of weeks and down to every other week, down to once a month. And then it's more of a maintenance thing unless there's a problem per se. And then, But then they hold them for longer periods of time because they are taking care of themselves because we are doing the proper treatments. And, you know, like you, we do a lot of motion. We do a lot of adjustments. But at the same time, I use a lot of muscle activity or neuromuscular re-eds, whether it's needling, cupping, ART, and so many different things, but there's so many tools in the box that we can use and every 
I say guy, but I mean, every patient has something different. And so I'm not going to use those on everybody. No, I'm not going to adjust everybody. But if there's a joint that needs to be adjusted, we adjust it. If there's a spinal segment that needs to be adjusted, it gets adjusted. But no, I, I, um, I know some people need drastic motion within their spine, but I'm not adjusting every single joint. That's not happening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and I think just being specific with your technique is really what we're getting after. The idea is different people need different things, different stresses, equal different treatments and protocols. But, you know, the cool thing is having been through the professional world of dealing with the pro athletes, it's almost like when you get to the everyday person, it's like you said, it's not a challenge. It's super easy. So when we take care of people that are, you know, soccer moms and just everyday Joes and, and there's nothing against that. That's just part of the population. But when you've dealt with, and, and I've, I've had experience with some, some high end athletes too, but mm-hmm. every everyday people become super easy. I mean, you just have to find out what their stress mm-hmm. is and what their, their issue is, but I, I love the idea that we can go to work every day. We enjoy what we do. We take care of the people we enjoy. And, and that's another thing too. And, and there's chiropractors listening on these podcasts too. Just do what you love, man. And and when you find yeah. something or, or kind of a niche and, and my niche is becoming more and more the active professional that almost weekend warrior type like myself, like i work all day, Monday through Friday, and I play a little bit during the week, but like the weekends is when I hit it hard. So I consider myself a weekend warrior. So that's why I continue to get adjusted every, every few weeks I get checked, try and get a massage every few weeks, you know, take care of the soft tissue component, um, train in the gym three, four days a week. Are you going to continue to train and do yoga and stuff like that during your pregnancy? Yes. I mean, I'll be honest, there was, um, I haven't had, like I said, I haven't had any symptoms per se that is like taking me out of like not being able to go to the gym. I have been a little busier because of the summer and I've been traveling a little bit more for the hockey guys. So I haven't been able to do my normal five, six days at the gym, but I make sure that I get a half hour in whether it's just wait. I I've been doing really good about, I walk for a mile, I walk for two miles and then I do a little half hour thing, whether it's in my bedroom, whether it's in my family room, whether it's in a hotel room, with 20, 20 squats, 10 push-ups, and 10 abs. I don't care. I need to break a sweat every day, and it makes me feel better. So maybe that's why I'm not tired. I have no idea, but I I just make sure. I literally had 45 minutes today. I walked to the gym. I did a 20-minute workout, and I walked home. And honestly, I feel great. So I know some people don't have that ability, but um, if I can tell anybody, break a sweat every day, whether it's doing jumping jacks for 15 seconds in your house before you get in the shower, whatever it may be. I preach it. I live it. I love it. Nice. Love that. We're going to coin that. Um, none of us have time. We have to make time. And that is in the inner dialogue of your brain. How important is your health? How important is moving forward? And, and the idea of this podcast to advance your health, it's one step every day. Take a little, little bit of time for yourself. You know, self-care isn't a luxury. It's a necessity. And self-care isn't just, you know, pampering yourself. You have to take care of your body. If, if it means, like you said, taking five minutes in the morning, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, do some stretches, push-ups, get a kettlebell. If you want to get fit, the the freaking KGB figured it out. The kettlebell is the universal get fit quick, one all kind of be all. And if you, if you do kettlebells, so I don't know if you throw kettlebells at all, but one of the ideas is it's yeah, a lot of pulling absolutely. and you can push and, yep. and without a kettlebell, there's not much in your house you can do to pull. 
Well, according to, this is really cool. So somebody that we went to Chippewa with, Mark Peterson, he graduated from U of M with a PhD. He writes some of the uh, articles in Men's Health for health and fitness, which is so crazy that like people from Chippewa. Good for him. People from Chippewa actually did stuff. That's awesome. (laughs) I love it. They were talking about the Academy of Sports Medicine said you should do three pulls for every two pushes in your workout. So the reality is you should do more pulling, more more rows, more pull-ups than you should do bench press. If you're just stuck on benching because your chest looks good, you're so imbalanced. Your internal rotation of your shoulders, your neck, everything goes forward. You look good in the mirror, but really in reality, your spine's in, in, in rough shape. So you know, training well, smart. Like you think about posterior chain. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all looking forward. We're everything's forward. So, I mean, to me, that would make sense. But I can understand how people would not understand to do that because of the way it looks. Yes, I'd much rather look at a nice back than a nice chest. Just boys that are out there. And patients that are out there. When we look at your spine, we're assessing your spine and your back. Um, yes. And when you're flaccid yes. and we- when you're flaccid and weak, and you have no muscle tone, and you completely complain about the same areas week and visit after visit and you wonder why you're having the same issues is because you're like missy said your posterior chain your back muscles need to be stronger so incorporating more pulling less pushing if you're into push-ups every day do some pulling motions get a pull-up bar get a kettlebell uh, download some videos do some cool things but with adventure health we're looking to just give you everyday tidbits that you can implement at home. Like Missy said, she's on the road, probably travels more than anybody I know. Every other like Facebook mm-hmm. post in the it's last lot. few years, it was it was like uh, <laughs> the wings of an airplane in clouds. And here I am on my way to work tomorrow. <laughs> I'm flying, I'm flying. And and a lot of people would envy that lifestyle, but just kind of be real for a second. Hey, it still works. <laughs> yeah. When you travel that much, I mean, is it, is it a little bit more difficult to stay healthy in those routines? Oh my gosh. Yes. You can easily go their choices. You said about having time and I, yeah, I could eat like, I could not sleep that much. I could um, be negative about, you know, the person in the line at the TSA that doesn't know how to take off the shoes. Like there's so many little bits, but I just laugh at it and I just keep going on with life. And I'm grateful for the chance to travel for work, but no, at five in the morning at a hotel room, getting up to go for a 7 a.m. flight to know that I'm going to work for 18 hours that day. It's not the best thing in the world, but I surround myself with people that make me laugh. I love those puzzles that I have to put together on a daily basis. I go down to a nice area um, and there's a beach right outside that front door. I didn't even get to see it because I was so busy. So it doesn't matter inside a arena and whether it's in Minnesota, whether it's in Florida, or whether it's in Michigan, at the end of the day, I'm still working. But I, I choose to love what I do. And if the minute I don't love it, I'm going to probably stop doing it. I mean, it's literally been 17, 18 years, and I love it. Every I'm so grateful, and I truly wake up every day. And I kind of feel guilty sometimes that I'm like, oh, my God, this is my life, and this is what I chose. And I, I love it. But, yeah, there are choices. They're, there's weeks where I maybe not, won't be able to get to a gym. But I have a chair in my hotel room that I can step up on. There is a bed that I can use for proprioception. There's pillows. There's little tiny sprints that I could do down the hallway. I don't care what they look like. And I don't care if they're like, who's the weirdo out front? Talk about pulling, doing, um, using bands on the door. Like, I don't care. Whatever. I feel better at the end of it. They're choices. Yeah. You know, when you allow other people to form an opinion about your lifestyle, 
I think that's really a dangerous behavior because they're not necessarily healthier than you. And like you and I, if I saw you in the hallway being that weird chick pulling, sprinting, I'd be like, <laughs> get it, girl. Like I, every time I drive <laughs> by somebody, every time I drive by somebody like running down the road, I like roll with it down, like, get it, get it. Like I want them to. I love it to go faster, to go longer, to go stronger, because I mean, that's just the lifestyle that I lead and like riding a bike on the side of the road. I mean, I love when people like roll over and I'm like, yeah, man, they like give you like a, like a peace sign or a thumbs up. I mean, they encourage that. But when yeah. people like, I don't know, when people discourage your healthy behavior, I think they're self-conscious and they're, I don't know, like to me, they're just, they know they should be doing the same thing, but they just don't have the courage to do it. But what I want to just reveal with, with our conversation today is we're both busy. We travel. We take a lot of time for things that are important, but health is really at the top of the list. And so to get a workout in, to do something healthy, to eat a healthy meal on the road, don't just use travel as an excuse. And if that's your lifestyle, then you're screwed because that's four or five days out of the week. And uh, I watched my brother go through travel. He worked for Home Depot for a little while and he ran a division of their furniture department. Well, he was in China like every few weeks and he was flying like the jet set lifestyle. And I just watched his health decline. And it was, yeah. it was just basically his convenience lifestyle of going to airports, sitting there, eating convenience foods, sitting on a plane, sitting in meetings. But I mean, that's a choice. And I mean, we're sitting here, you can see kind of, we haven't seen each other in a while, but I'm yeah. super active. I'm riding. I feel fitter than I've ever felt. And if you saw my brother and I right now, I mean, we're genetically from the same pool, so to speak. I'm dude, like three times fitter than he is probably more than that, but yeah, I'm busy too. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm not trying to brag. Yeah. This is not about just me having an ego. It's we have the same genetics, but choices. yet our lifestyle choices are different. I'm trying to eat salad like as much as I can. Greens, had lunch with uh, my realtor today. It was like, I'll have the salad with grilled yep. chicken and like a black eyed Pete hummus. For me, that was delicious. I didn't look at the French fries, fried chicken, burger, whatever's on the menu. And so like with your pregnancy, kind of just circling back to that, I know plenty of pregnant women that use that as an excuse. And then they gain 40 pounds, 50 pounds mm -hmm. in a pregnancy and they feel miserable. They're thrown up all the time. And there's people like yourself that are craving and listening to their body and, and eating raw fruits and vegetables, clean meats and things like that, yeah. but your body craves that. And that's not something you need to shut off. And if you want to get out and go for a run or go for a walk, do it. I mean, this is about encouragement and these podcasts, my, my goal is to get somebody's fire lit. And that's why I do these. Having Dr. Missy online was really cool. It. it was uh, somebody and uh, we know each other for, you know, years and years but we went through the same experience in chiropractic school. We take care of different people, but the same goal at the end of the day is- Same concept. Yeah, take care of people, help them enjoy their quality of life, whether they're a pro athlete or an everyday Joe. And I think just leading by example, that's a huge thing. Like if your doctor's overweight and they're just like not healthy looking and they're telling you not to run or not to exercise, come on, listen to somebody yeah, well, else. Get, get a new doctor, get a new doctor. But I think um, what I love is there's anybody that follows me on Instagram. I'm real big about health quotes. And um, I love the one that says, um, if you don't make time for your health, you're going to make time for your sickness. And it's so true. People will say, I don't, I don't have time to go to the gym, but 
Unfortunately, if you have something that's going to, you end up in the hospital or your back goes out or whatever it may be, you're going to be tied up for a couple of days, if not a couple of weeks, if not a couple of months, if there's a major problem. So, and there's a lot of things we can't control. I get it. There's, you know, whether it's cancer, whether it's car accidents, whether it's, um, slips and falls, whatever. These are things we can't control, but there's so many things that we can. So if every day we make three smart choices, I think everyone's doing better. That's awesome. Three. That's definitely a good number. No, I agree. I, th I think when you look at it, at the end of the day, like you said, I mean, you, you put time into things that are important to you. And I posted a, a quote yesterday on Facebook, you know, health might appear expensive, but let's be honest, medication and a slow death from medicine is stupid expensive and still the number one reason for bankruptcy in this country. And people's quality yeah. of life is the, <laughs> the reality <laughs> is this is where we get this is where we get deep. So if you could invest, invest today at your age, whatever your age is now, invest more in your health and you'll pay less in sickness. The equation is simple. You're still paying the same amount of money, probably less, because the return on investment less. is better for prevention. But your quality of life is a dollar sign you can't you can't compare it to anything else. I mean, the fact that you can spend time with your loved ones, family, kids, whatever your current life situation is, but the fact that you don't have to wake up every day miserable, I mean, let's be honest, what's that worth? So true, Jay. So true. I love it. I think we need to, as a society, stop depending on Blue Cross Blue Shield. Um, I donate to them every month. <laughs> I don't ever want to see them. A lot of things. I don't ever want yeah. to talk to them, but I make a, a monthly donation. <laughs> I haven't been to a medical doctor yeah. in 25 years, haven't taken medication in 25 years. So since I was um, 15, 16, I have not taken any meds, drugs, whatever. And to me, my lifestyle is pouring money into the grocery cart my chiropractor, yep. my massage. I'm super excited to have an acupuncturist working with us in our office here in the near future, um, working with a naturopath, working with my chiropractor who also dials in my nutrition. I mean, I spend more money in Gym supplements. Membership. Yes. Well, I, I borrow that out. So my, my, my boy, he comes in and get okay. adjusted <laughs> and uh, do some CrossFit <laughs> like three, four days a week. So, but I mean, I've got a bike. It's Indirectly, free. you're still paying for it. Well, true, true, absolutely. No, but I mean, like, like riding my bike and stuff like that. And to me, it's fun. Like exercise, like I said in previous podcasts, make it fun, make it entertaining. Don't make it work. If you have to go work out, you work forty to sixty hours a week on average in, in America. You don't need another workout. Work. So train, have fun, call yeah. it something different in your mental psychology. Um, to me, I do it at lunch. It's like recess. Back when we were at Fox Elementary School, we were Love out playing. It. Kickball, four square. I know, right? And yes. so, it, but it was Love about it. fun. It was about fun. And when you were a kid, exercise wasn't, it wasn't a challenge. It was what you were kind of expressing in your life potential. When you're a kid, you want to run, you want to play, you want to jump, you want to swing on the monkey bars. That's the stuff you need to do now as an adult, but take it easy. Love progress it. into it. Don't start ripping up CrossFit and wondering why you're tearing tendons right. up because you've never done a pull if you've never done a pull-up, don't start with like 50. That's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> let's but, uh, go with one. <laughs> yeah, let's start small. Um, so one of your uh, classmates in first quarter, Derek Price, super oh, awesome favorites, dude. Oh, favorites, obviously. Yes. 
I, yeah. I worked out, I worked out with him in life and I was like so out of shape. And he's like, let's, let's start with some pull-ups. He's like, how many pull-ups can you do? I was like, I don't know, like five or six. He's like, okay, do like six sets of six. And I was like, what? He's like, that's your warm up. Let's get banged out 30 in a row. Yeah, no, I'm sure he, <laughs> no, he did 12 sets of 12. He was the guy on the steps of on day one that I said, you're going to be my friend, whether you like it or not. <laughs> and he still is. I love it. Good choice. Um, so a little bit backstory on Dr. Missy and Dr. Price. Um, both have a really extensive background in um, neurology. And we're going to touch on this real quick. I know we're like run, run super long on this podcast, but um, Missy's got a passion right now that I need to discuss. And we're going in way different directions. This is about brain trauma and injuries. Um I think as a growing and developing athlete, you have to understand your brain is very sensitive. And especially in the female population in soccer, they pull back heading. And in the AYSO, they're not allowing girls to head the ball until they're over 13. So in the NHL and the NFL and pro boxing, there's a tremendous amount of brain injury. And it's not from like major like knockouts. It's the repetitive stress of getting hit. So your experience and from your background, what are some like tips or advice? If people are in a contact sport, what are some things that you recommend as far as like, just keep an eye on this, maybe a protocol for concerns or questions regarding that, that, that brain trauma? I mean, truly it is hard to put it all in one category. So I just really truly have athletes, especially ones that are in high impact sports to, to have a functional neurologist near them to get checked out every once in a while. Sometimes it could be their eyes. Sometimes it could be their brain. Sometimes it could be their neck. And a lot of the symptoms kind of correlate with each other. So you might not know, you know, so Dr. Carrick is somebody that's been my mentor for years. And I, um, I look up to him. I send guys to him on a regular basis. And then people that are trained by him, well, female and males, um, all over the, all over the United States, if not all over the world that I refer to, there's just so much. So I can't just say one thing, but if someone's complaining of neck pain, headaches, nausea, number one, stop, stop doing what you're doing exercise wise, whether it's in a game, whether it is just a uh, practice or whatever it may be, but it's not something to joke around about. It's not something to f with. It's a hundred percent real. And um, there's a lot of preventative maintenance that you can do that versus getting a second impact syndrome. And a lot of times with concussions, especially in the hockey world, it was just blown off, you know, bell rung back in the day. And the truth is, it created problems in the long run and there's a lot of mental state that could be messed with. And so I just, if anything I can say is um, just make sure you get checked out by a professional. Yeah. I think being cautious, um, having taken care of some collegiate level athletes, soccer players, goaltenders, things like that. When you're having two or three concussions yeah. in the same season and you're still continuing to jump on the field, I mean, just be cautious. And for me, we do a quick cell cerebellar check. And close your eyes. Yep. If you start to sway uncontrollably, you're you're not right. You're not ready to play. I mean, can yeah. we be on? Yes. Yeah. And and so with chiropractic. Any symptom. Well, right. Absolutely. I mean, there's and and I'm glad you listed the 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 ones that are specific to it. But if things don't feel right and your performance is off and you've had a few kind of headbutts or concussions or just kind of questionable hits. Just just play on the side of caution because caution. In, in the people that I've taken care of that have scholarships, I mean, a scholarship to a collegiate athlete going to Notre Dame is it's like $275,000. So, I mean, 
mom and dad are pushing them. You know, you're going to get a full ride in Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are people that are going to elite level schools and, and that's a lot of money. But having talked to people that have played collegiate sports and got injured and had surgery, is it really worth that when you're 40 and 50? I don't know. I mean, that's a question. Yeah, so where's your brain? Yeah, exactly. And, and that's why. Your brain why is worth, worth everything. <laughs> yeah. In the NFL, um, you basically sign a contract from my understanding that if you die or have brain trauma, that it's not their fault. And that's a likely occurrence for many people because the rate of injury in the NFL is 121%, according to Mitch Malley. So you're dealing yeah. with not a question of if, but when. So when you get to the pro level or collegiate level and you've had numerous concussions, head injuries, I mean, just understand there's a, there's a kind of a latent factor in your life. You can expect that coming when you're in your, you know, forties and fifties. So play smart, play yeah, conservative. You know, I, get I, I think a lot of times I say to the guys young or old or whatever is just, um, let's deal with your brain now. Because at the end of the day, I want you to, I, I would always say like, I want you to be at your wedding. I want you to raise your children. I want you to be able to get on the floor and play with your kids. I want you to remember their graduation. I want you to grow old with your wife and remember you winning this Stanley Cup. You know, so the reality of it is, and that's on the professional level, but when we have, but it started when they were children. And so maybe their first concussion was at eight. So the reality is that is still a, stockpiling onto a big, huge lump of problems. But if we healed it properly the first time around, then we're doing so much better. So don't ignore the symptoms, 100%. And anything that is not your normal is a symptom. You know, I remember my first concussion. It was on a trampoline. And I was yep. six, 16, I think. Let me show you a backflip. And I woke up <laughs> on the ground. Oh, no. With literally, my friends were shaking me going, dude, are you, are you still alive? Are you with us? Um, and that was 16. Then I've had multiple concussions since, which makes a lot of sense why I'm as stupid as I am. But the reality is, right um, now. Learn, from my, learn from my mistakes. Don't be dumb. If you have a brain trauma, go see a clinical neurologist and somebody that specializes in chiropractic neurology. There's an institute uh, based on Atlanta, Dr. Carrick, Dr. Carrick Institute. That's the expert. They've helped well, a lot of people. He's in Cape Canaveral, Lord no. Okay, never mind. He left. He left Atlanta and he went to Cape Canaveral. So yeah. just remember, Carrick yeah. Institute, and I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. The people that he trains are the best in the world. There's a They're few around over. Atlanta. There's a few. Yeah, yeah exactly. But uh, I'm so glad we got on a call. The cool thing was we, we got a chance. A lot. We caught up on a lot of stuff, and I believe that the things that we talked about today can help a lot of people. So, Dr. Missy, thanks again for everything that you've done for our listeners, because I know you help a lot of people through athletics, pregnancy, just general health and wellness, somebody who's a busy traveler, uh, professional, somebody who's upbeat and positive. Every time I see you, you're super positive and outgoing. And that's mm -hmm. really something mm -hmm. that I admire about you is just your outlook in life and so many people, I think, just kind of see the worst of everything, whereas every time I see you, you're bubbly, you're upbeat, you kind of see the best in everything. And a positive mental outlook is a big part of a healthy lifestyle. So not just getting adjusted, eating well, but you got to have a good outlook in life. And I think that's a huge part of what the message this podcast spreads is I'm introducing people to you as listeners 
people that are positive that influence my life and um, just people I want in my life that help me to make better decisions. And as a colleague, uh, Missy, you help me grow, want to better myself, help more people. When I see you working on pro athletes, I kind of want to esteem to that level, but I know that's not for everybody. I'm just going to handle the everyday people and that's not condescending mm -hmm. to them. It's just, that's where I excel. And so my yeah. athletes are just everyday people. So listen, thanks again for being on the line. And uh, I know we went a little bit long for the listeners, but uh, I hope it was worth your listening. And uh, I really appreciate you guys. Listen, spread the podcast. If you know somebody who's had any of the concerns we talked about, whether they're pregnant, whether they're playing pro uh, sports, they've had some head traumas and injuries, if you think of somebody that just kind of get a kick out of us talking, hanging out, somebody that we know it's high school with, spread the love and uh, look forward to our next podcast. Thanks, Dr. J. I had a blast. I appreciate it. And um, love to all your listeners. Oh, and I will be with you when the darkest winter comes. Oh, and I will be with you to feel California sun. Oh, and 